Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. It's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. Appreciate you so much tuning in with us. And listen, if this is your first time joining us or first time tuning in, we really mean what we say in that welcome video. Uh, we're not going to ask you for anything or introduce, ask you to introduce yourself or anything like that. We're just glad that you're here and that you've given us part of your time today. And I think you've joined us at a good time because today we're kicking off a brand new series, a four-week series called Decide Your Future. And I think we'd all like to do that, right? We, we want to decide our future. We want to set ourselves up to be successful and prosperous and, and, and walk in line with where God wants us to walk. And I'll tell you, it's never too late to make decisions in your life that are going to impact you for tomorrow, right? You, you could be my age. You could be really young. It's never too late to decide, hey, I'm going to make some choices to better prepare myself for my future and for tomorrow. And when you talk about your future and then when you mix God in that equation, I think a lot of times people have some confusion over that. Now, we learned in the last series we were in shape that God created us for a purpose. We know that. We can just check that box. God created us for a purpose. We know that he has a plan for us. We know that God created us before the earth. In other words, he thought us up and designed us a long, long time ago. And so people understand that, and then they make the assumption, well, if God's got a purpose for my life, and if God's got a plan for my life, then it, it, and he created me a long time ago and, and thought me up before he designed the world, then all of it must be pre-planned, right? All of it is going to turn out because it, it's preset. There's no decisions that I need to make in this process. And the reason that's a misconception, because that's exactly the opposite of what the scripture teaches, right? Yes, the scripture teaches we are made for a plan and a purpose and that we were created a long time ago before God created the universe, but we can miss it. We can miss the purpose and the plan that God has for our life. It's not automatic, and we know and we've learned that people miss the purpose that God's created them for in life because it's not automatic. And I think that's why it's so important we do a series like this that we make changes now to prepare for our future tomorrow. And, and I think one of the big reasons that people do miss that purpose is God's not going to force it on us, right? He's not going to force us to choose his will. He's not going to force us to enjoy what he created us for. And quite frankly, a lot of times we just waste our lives because we don't understand that that plan and that purpose, it has to be chosen, it has to be accepted, and then it has to be followed in our life. Uh, repeatedly through the Bible, God says, I'm not going to force my will on you. He gives us the choice. We can decide on his will or go against his will. We can accept or reject his will. We can accept or reject his guidance and direction. And so what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at one of the Old Testament heroes. We're going to look at Moses and how he led the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. And that was like they were in slavery for like 400 years. And God told the people, I'm 
I'm leading you. I'm giving you the opportunity to go into an incredible place, the promised land, right? A, a land flowing with milk and honey, the Bible says. In other words, bountiful blessing, a place, you know, where you're not going to be a slave any longer, but you have to decide to follow. It, it's the same way with us. And, and really that, that story, and a lot of you know that story of the Israelites leaving slavery in Egypt. That's kind of a foreshadowing for those of you that are a Christian. And I know not everybody is a Christian. A lot of you have a lot of questions, but that's kind of a foreshadowing of our salvation, right? We are led out of the slavery of our sin into freedom in Christ, but it's still a choice, right? We have to decide and choose that. So let's listen to one of God's promises for his people. And all the verses that we use on a Sunday and all the learnings, they're available on the Church Center app if you want to download that on your phone. Online, you know, uh, the host will send you a link or there's a link at the bottom of the page. Or you can simply scan that QR code. You don't have to do that, but those notes are there for, for you. But Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. That was God's promise to his people. He says, listen, I've got good plans for your life, but you have to decide to follow me. You have to choose to follow me. And that's why we're doing this series. There's just certain choices that we need to make today to be wherever it is that God wants us to be tomorrow. Now, before Moses led the people into the promised land, here's what God said through him to the people. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 16. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're about to enter and occupy. So those are choices that God gave the people. They could accept them or they could reject them. Uh, you know, it's same for us. We can choose to follow God or not to follow God. And he says, you know, to the people, you've got to love me and you've got to obey me. If you do that, you're going to be successful. You're going to find success and you're going to live a full life. And I think that's what we all want, isn't it? We want to be successful. We want to be prosperous. We want to walk and live in obedience to what God desires. So listen to this, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 17 through 18. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. In other words, if we idolize things, if we turn our back on God, if we walk the way we want to walk, we're going to mess up our lives. Now, one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is the ability to decide, right? Is the ability to choose. God could have made us all like robots, right? Without any choice whatsoever. And we'd always make the right choice. We'd always do the good thing. You know, there wouldn't be any evil, he could have done that. And some of you think, well, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. There, there's no evil in the world. There's no, there's no more racism. 
There's no more sexual abuse. There's no more countries at war with each other. There's no more shootings. Yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea, but that's not how God set it up. And if you don't have the ability to choose, you really don't have the ability to love, right? But God didn't set it up so that we're programmed and we always make the right decision. He set it up so that we have a choice. It's the greatest blessing probably he's ever given us, but it's also our greatest responsibility. That's why in this series, we're going to look at how we decide best our future. And listen, you may get this right. We may go through this series and get this right, and we choose the, the, make the right choices to prepare us for our future. That doesn't mean your spouse is going to do that. Doesn't mean your coworkers are going to do that, or the people you associate with every day are going to make that right choice about their future. And what's that going to cause? It's going to cause pain and hurt in our life, and, or, or we're going to cause pain and hurt in other people's lives. And so, you know, what happens in our life, the choices we make and the decisions we make, or, or the things that people do that cause pain in our life is not as important as how we choose to respond to it, right? So God gave these children of his, the children of Israel, a choice. He said, you can choose life or death. You can choose success or failure, pain or no pain, a blessing or a curse. He said, I'm going to let you decide. I'm not going to force my plan on your life. That was the choice he gave the people of Israel. But long before he gave the people of Israel a choice, he gave their leader, Moses, a choice right? So I want to look at today some of the decisions that Moses had to make in order to get to the place where he was going to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And Moses, of course, he, he was the great, probably the greatest leader in the Old Testament, right? He wrote the first five books of the Bible. God gave him, not Mel Brooks, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, right? He allowed Moses to lead God's very own people out of Egyptian slavery for 400 years into or right up to the promised land. But it would have never happened had some decisions not been made. So there's a summary of the life of Moses in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. So this is what we're going to look at today. But it starts off like this. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Uh, and the king had commanded that all the Hebrew boys be put to death because the Hebrews were growing too strong. Verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. 
Now, if you're not familiar with the story of Moses and how he was protected as a baby from Pharaoh wanting to kill all the Hebrew boys, as we go through today, I'll explain some of that. But there's an order to this story. And the first thing we saw in that passage is that Moses was chosen by God. His parents knew that he had been set apart to do something for God. They didn't know what, but they knew he was an unusual child. So God first chose Moses. Moses didn't have anything to do with that. Hey, pick me, pick me. He didn't have anything to do with that. His parents didn't have anything to do with that. God chose him. Do you realize that God chose you as well? Right? That's why you're here. That's why you're living and breathing. It all started with God deciding on you and God choosing you. It all starts with God making a decision on us. That's why we're here. But then next, we see that Moses' parents had to make some decisions for Moses when he was young. He, he couldn't make those decisions for himself when he was a baby or a child. And what his parents decided to do is hide Moses because he did, they did not want the Pharaoh's uh, people finding Moses. So they built, you know, they, they got a basket and they covered the bottom of it with tar and pitch. They put Moses in it and they sent him sailing down the, the Nile River, right? But they had to make that choice for Moses when he was a baby. If you're a parent, hopefully this isn't new information to you, but you have to make decisions for your kids while they're young. They're not capable of making decisions for themselves. I'll hear couples say, well, Scott, you know, we're just going to let our kid decide on their faith. We're not going to force them to go to church. And I say, that's, that's not a good parenting technique, right? We don't let our kids decide other things in life. We don't let our kids decide when they're going to get up and when they're going to go to bed. We don't let them decide that they're going to eat cookies all day. Oh yeah, that's fine, son. Just eat cookies all day long. We don't let them decide if they're going to go to school or not go to school or respect authority or not respect authority. So why in the world would we leave the most important thing to our kids, their spiritual development, up to them? I'm sorry, son. It's up to you. It's not making good decisions for our kids. And when we don't make good decisions for our kids, guess what? We're not being great parents. When we say, oh, you can watch whatever movie you want to watch. That's not being a good parent. You can have any app on your phone you want to have on your phone. You don't have to worry about how much screen time you have. That's fine. That's not being a good parent. We have to make decisions for them when they're little. And guess what else we got to do? Discipline our kids, right? There's a lack of discipline in children today, but that's one of our responsibilities as kids not on, or as parents Not only to make decisions for our kids, but we also have to discipline them when they don't do what we tell them they need to do, right? It's just part of the the deal that comes with being a parent. If not, we set them up for failure. We're going to hurt them long term. So we see in this story, Moses' parents had to make some decisions for Moses while he was young. But then what happened? Then we see Moses starts to make decisions for himself. And that's what we all want to see in our kids, right? We want them to grow up and and become mature and take responsibility and start making those decisions 
for themselves. And in this passage that we just looked at, Moses made four decisions. And I think these decisions that Moses made, they're the exact same decisions that we have to make to decide our future to be different than it is right now or decide that our future, we're going to be closer to God than we are right now. Again, the decisions we make today are going to impact us tomorrow. So the very first one is learning number one. I must refuse to be defined by others. As we go through life, we got to refuse to be defined by others. We need to be defined by God. And that's what Moses did. Moses essentially was having an identity crisis, right, as he got older. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. He was raised as an Egyptian, as the grandson to the most powerful person in the entire world, Pharaoh. But he really wasn't Egyptian, was he? He was Jewish. He was Hebrew. His parents saved him, though. And then Pharaoh's daughter got him out of the water and raised him. So he gets to a point in his life, he's like, I got to decide, am I going to keep living as an Egyptian? Or am I going to go back and identify with who I am, a Hebrew, and be raised as a slave or to live the rest of my life in oppression? I mean, if he stays in, in the Egyptian royalty, he's got it made, right? Money, fame, fortune, whatever he needs, he's got it. Or he could go back to being oppressed and being in slavery with the rest of his people. What would you choose? I thought about that this week. What would Scott choose? You know, if that was the choice I faced, all right, I've lived up to being a teenager, a little bit older and all this royalty, and or I could go back to nothing. And honestly, probably most of us would just keep on living like an Egyptian, right? Walking like an Egyptian. No, sorry. Right? We would. That's what we do. It's like, ah, you know, I'm going to fake it till I make it. I'm going to take the high road. I'm just going to keep living this good life. But Moses didn't do that. He said, I'm not going to live this lie. I'm not going to be defined by being an Egyptian. I'm going to be defined by what I really am, one of God's children. You know, a Jewish, I'm Hebrew, I'm going to accept whatever it is. And so I think we have to ask a question, who is it? You know, and you got to think about that. Who is it that determines my identity? Who is it that determines my identity? It's an important question. Am I letting my friends determine my identity? Am I letting a parent, an unpleasable parent, determine my identity? Am I letting, you know, other students or other kids determine my identity or my coworkers? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Rapidly recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. And then Exodus 23 Verse 2, you must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. How many of us have done that? I'll admit it, right? The crowd's doing it, and we decide we're going to do it, right? We don't agree with it. It might even be illegal. It may be immoral. But because the crowd was doing it, we didn't want to cause an uproar, and so we just went along with the crowd. When we do that in life, we give up our identity. That's what we're doing. 
That's why we have to refuse to be, uh, let anybody else determine our identity other than our Heavenly Father. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 says this, Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. And then once we decide, hey, God is going to determine my identity, we're at peace. We have no more fear. We have no more worry about what other people think because we've settled it. I'm going to let God determine my identity. So Moses, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Here's another choice. I'm going to choose short-term pain in favor of long-term gain. That's what Moses did. I'm going to have some short-term pain right now because I'm going back into, you know, this with the Hebrew people and I'm going to be oppressed and I'm going to be living in slavery, but I'm doing it because there's going to be long-term gain. Most of the problems that you and I have in life are because we cannot delay gratification. You realize this. Right? We don't want to delay sexual gratification. We don't want to de- delay financial gratification. We just can't say no to ourselves. We can't accept the fact that maybe we can't do this or have this now, knowing it could pay long-term benefits if we wait. That's our biggest struggle. And sometimes we just have to accept the short-term pain, make the tough decisions today say no, you know, go a different direction, discard this, start doing this. No one is going to pay benefits in the long term. Again, short-term pain can produce long-term gain in our lives. That verse we read said, Moses chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. What does that verse say? Sin's fun right? It is. If it wasn't fun, nobody'd be doing it, right? But it's only fun for the short run, right? And and so we have to choose. I'm going to make the tough choice today. I'm going to forgo these things that, you know, I'm desiring these temptations in favor of long-term gain. Now, in verse 23, we talked about how God chose Moses. His parents knew that. He's been set apart. He's been set aside for something. But then in verse 25, we read that Moses chose God, right? I'm going to choose to follow God and be identified by him instead of what this Egyptian culture is teaching me. So I think another great kind of reflection question we could ask ourselves is, who am I choosing? Am I choosing God to be identified by God or am I choosing somebody else and allowing them to identify who I am? We're as close to God as we choose to be, as we decide to be, right? A lot of those times we're out there like, man, God is nowhere to be found. Where is God? You know, God hasn't moved. Often when we evaluate our own life, we've moved away from him. And sometimes I think we do that because of our guilt, right? We have guilt and we have shame and and there's these things we did in our past and that kind of just drives a wedge between us and God. And it's like, he doesn't want anything to do with me. He doesn't want to talk to me. And so we kind of pull away. But we got to realize, those of you that follow Christ, our past is gone, right? We don't have to worry about that. And we can start today to make our future different. No matter what happened in the past, that's gone. 
But we have to decide on a little bit of short-term pain in favor of some long-term gain. We may have to walk away from the crowd, in other words. We may have to get a new friend group. We may have to discard some of our friends in favor of new ones. Again, it's going to be short-term pain. That's not going to feel good. We may have to walk away from the affair or walk away from the activity that we're doing that we know is sketchy at best, if not illegal. Short-term pain, saying no, walking in a different direction is going to pay long-term benefits. And listen, even though it's short-term pain, pain's not all that bad. We learned that last series, right? God teaches us through our pain. We learn best when we're going through pain. He can grow us through our pain. Romans 5, 3 through 4, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Again, long-term gain. And endurance develops strength of character. Strength of character is a long-term gain. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And listen, our pain, it's not the end of our story. 2 Corinthians 4.17, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. We're going to have pain in this life, right? If we take it easy now, we let our character slide, we make poor decisions, we don't take our faith uh, seriously, it will be harder later in life to develop those good habits. So we might as well start now. Here's the third choice. Learning number three, I'm going to choose to follow God's values. I'm going to choose what God values instead of what culture values. Moses had to make that decision, right? Hebrews 11:26, the verse we read said, "He thought it was best to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt." He thought it better. What's that mean? He made a decision about his future. Right? He chose to follow God's values instead of everything that was available in that Egyptian culture and everything that was at his fingertips. He wasn't looking at next week or next month or next year. He was looking long-term. He was looking into his eternity. So let me ask you a really pointed question, and you don't have to answer. And if you're married, don't ask your spouse, well, what did you say? All right, this is just for you to reflect on. But if I was to ask you to decide on your top three values in life, what would they be? top three values in life. Do you think you can even name them? And my point is, if we can't name them, we can't live by them. If we don't know what our values are, how in the world are we going to live by them? If we don't know what's important to us, we can't make decisions about our future until we establish that. And so what Moses, he considered what God valued more important than fame and fortune and sex and and money and all those things that were available to him at his fingertips because of Pharaoh's power. The very thing that most of us spend our entire lives chasing, Moses walked away from it. He decided, hey, I'm going to live for God's values. So what does God value? Well, one thing we know God values is the purpose for our life. 
That's why he wants us to find it and accept it and to live it. And Moses, he decided that God's purpose for his life was more important than comfort and popularity in that Egyptian culture. God also values people. People are always way more important than anything, more important than our comfort and our short-term pleasure in life. So what did Moses do? And he traded a royal, comfortable lifestyle instead to be oppressed with his very own people, to be a slave to the Egyptians. Again, he was looking forward to the future, looking ahead to his reward. He rejected all of the stuff that Egypt had to offer in order to have purpose and in order to be with God's people, his own people. Now, there's one more choice he made, learning number four. I will choose to live by faith and not by fear. Verse 27 said, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He wasn't afraid. Why? He had faith. He knew God had called him. He knew God was with him. And listen, Moses had every single reason in the world to be scared to death, to be petrified. He's going up against the most powerful person in the entire world, Pharaoh. This was at the height of the Egyptian empire. He, Pharaoh was considered a god by the Egyptian people. So Moses had every reason to be scared to death, but instead he put his faith in the Almighty. He put his faith in God the Father. Now the key is we have to put our faith in God. Now we, we can put our faith in anything, right? We have choice. We can decide. We can put our faith in Bitcoin. Some of you are saying, yeah, I tried that, right? Well, we could, we could put our faith in, our, in the stock market. We could put our faith in the USA, right? We could put our faith in a politician. We could put our faith in our spouse. We could even put our faith in ourself. But we have to decide we're going to put our faith in God through Christ. That's the answer. And that's what Moses said. I'm going to put my faith in God, and I don't care what Pharaoh says or does because I'm following God. Galatians 2.16 says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. Bottom line, that's what's going to get us from where we are now to where we need to be is faith in Christ. And truthfully, like Moses looking ahead, we live today in light of eternity. And I think that's the only antidote for all the pressure and the craziness that we're in in this world. We do have to stop worrying so much about what other people think and what culture thinks and what culture says. We just need to follow Christ. That's why he could walk by faith and not by fear. Because he had his faith in God. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll look at some other major decisions. Today is simply about choosing the right values. I'm going to choose the right values. I'm going to not be defined by others. Right? I'm going to choose the short-term pain and difficulty for long-term gain. I'm going to choose what God values, purpose and people, over what culture values. And I'm going to walk by faith and not by fear. Let's pray together. God, thank you 
so much that you give us the ability to choose. That's unbelievable. Help us to make the right choices today, to be where we need to be tomorrow and in our future. Lord, help us to refuse to be identified by others, but instead be identified by you knowing we're going to have some short-term pain when we may have to change some things and adjust some things in our life and say no to things and walk away from things. That's going to cause some pain, but the payoff's going to be worth it. God, continue to teach us what you value. Help us to truly live out and embrace that purpose for which you've created us, knowing we never have to walk in fear because that's not from you. Maybe you're watching today or you're here and you've never had a relationship with Christ. Maybe you grew up in a culture that you were taught that you you just had made too many mistakes, that you had sinned too much, you had done too many bad things, and you had to clean your act up. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus is not going to force himself on us. We get to choose but he will meet us wherever we're at in life. So if you've never done that, I want to encourage you. Invite him into your life. Trust him with your life. God, thank you for these people. I think about it. They they had a choice today too, what they were going to do, and they chose to be with you and to worship you and to hear from you. We love you and we praise you. Amen. A couple of things Real quick, first of all, uh, our ladies group here at the church, one of our groups that meets consistently is planning uh, a prayer time next Sunday at four o'clock, an hour before we do our baptism and child dedication because it's bless our schools uh, Sunday next week. And we're praying for our schools and they're getting together. And it's not just ladies. It's just the ladies group that's uh, coordinating this. It's, it's for your family. So if you want to go early to the baptism and join that group, they're set up outside. They've got a table. They'll give you more information on that, but we're just, they're simply just going to get together and pray over our schools. And then the other thing, those of you that are interested in missions, our missions group is planning a trip this fall uh, to Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. So if you're interested in going on that trip, they have a table set up as well. It's going to be awesome, uh, awesome trip to serve alongside of Young Life and uh, help the people in the community of Brooklyn. So if that's something that interests you, you can stop by and talk to them. So next Sunday... From 5 to 7 at Bissett Park in Radford, we're going to have our outdoor baptism and child dedication. And I know every year we talk about baptism or every quarter when we do it here at the church, people ask about it. And the biggest question I get is, well, Scott, I was baptized as an infant. Do I need to be baptized again? And I just tell people, you know, all the examples in the Bible were after people put their faith in Christ. When they made that decision to trust Christ, then they're baptized, right? That's just basically telling the world I'm a follower of Christ. But I want you to know it doesn't undermine or do away with, you know, your infant baptism. Your parents or your grandparents had you baptized as an infant in faith, hoping that you would get to the day where you are at now and you have Jesus in your heart and, and, and are water baptized and tell the world, hey, I'm a follower of Christ. So if you've never done that and that's something you want to do, man, I would be honored to be a part of that with you. You can sign up on the Church Center app. You can just stop by the hub and say, hey, I want to be baptized 
next week, but we would be so honored to be a part of that. And then child dedication is when uh, the parents dedicate their children to the Lord by saying, hey, God, I'm going to raise my kid in a Christ-centered home. I'm going to do everything I can to teach my kid about you so that hopefully one day they will make a decision about their future and invite Jesus into their life. And the church also has a part of that. We commit to working with the parents to help them as they raise their children that way. So if you want to dedicate your children, you can sign up the same way as well. Again, I can't thank you enough for your time today and, and being here and being a part of what's going on. I hope you have a terrific week, and I hope you'll join us next Sunday. God bless you guys.